Hey, Hawkeye fans, welcome back. We are coming off a win in a trophy game, bringing home the Heartland Trophy to Iowa City. We're going to recap the Wisconsin game. We're talking to Deacon Hill today, a little deep dive on who is Deacon Hill, our starting QB. We're also going to preview the Minnesota game coming up. This is Talking Hawks presented by Hills Bank. No matter where you are in life, Hills Bank is here to help you succeed. Whether you're buying your first house, saving for your child's future, or preparing for retirement, you can count on the people at Hills Bank for the support you need to reach your goals. It's easy to connect with a banker in person, over the phone, or on hillsbank.com because we believe banking is better through human connection. Hills Bank is an equal housing lender and FDIC member. Hello, Matt. Big win. Big win. Brought another trophy back to Iowa City. That's what we like to do. Yeah. Two for two. (laughs) Two for two. Two more left. And we've got another one coming up this weekend. Um, Let's talk about where I just came from. I literally rushed here in so much traffic because there were 55,000 people in Kinnick Stadium today to watch Iowa women's basketball take on DePaul. Isn't that crazy? That's very cool. It was so fun. Like it was just what it was like um, grab on the gridiron, which I know you were preparing for the Minnesota game that happened right after that. This would have been in 2014, 15, 15. Was it 2015? It was 2015. It was right before the blackout game. 2014, we were at Minnesota hmm. and we lost. Thanks. Okay. Got it. <laughs> anyway. Um, so it was kind of like that where you're like you walk out and they've got the court and like you see the court and they've got the things on the side, like, you know, the scores tables and the media tables and all that. And you're like, OK, yeah, this looks like Carver. And then it kind of like messes with your head because you look up and you're like, but I'm in a football stadium. By the way, it was the first ever women's basketball game to be played in a football stadium. One record down. Yep. Um, so that. And then the attendance record for all of women's basketball, 55,646, I think was the exact number. Two records down. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, I don't did know if win? there's, we did win. I don't know what the Three score records. Was. Why is that a record? Well, because DePaul's record is zero and one. Oh, so okay. their record is down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, I think Caitlin had like 34 points or something Jeez. like that. Um, and like only had how did Kate out. Martin do? How did our how did our special guest Kate Martin do? She did great. I don't know. To be honest you don't with have you, the stats. I don't have the stats on me. It was just the eye test. Um, yeah, pretty much. Everyone played pretty well. Um, yeah, it was just an all around good team win. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna, not gonna lie to you. I was very busy. Like we had a lot going on in game. Yeah, it was really good because obviously you've got that many people there. You've got kind of a different atmosphere. <clears throat> lots of different people and like. Um, you know, alumni and exciting people were there. Megan Gustafson was there. Kathleen Doyle came back to watch. So anyway, I was chatting with them and all the good stuff. So it was super fun. Yeah. So I I didn't have much time to analyze the game, although that's not really my role anyway. (laughs) We all know that by now. Um, Let's talk about the Wisconsin game. Everyone jump around. Came back with a win. Okay. Jump around Um, and sit down. What? They have to sit down after they jumped around because we won. Oh, like, I didn't know if you thought that's what the words to this song were. No, no. Nope. Jump I'm up, more. jump up. And get, yeah. Okay. All right. Let's talk um, run game. Talk to me about that first. It seemed like our offensive line in the run game actually looked pretty good this game. I, I shouldn't say actually looked pretty good. I shouldn't say it like that. It's not like they've looked really bad. I wouldn't know. What I'm saying is it seemed like they looked good this game. Yeah, um, which is always a bit unique when you face Wisconsin because they're usually a 3-4 look. 
we talked about kind of defenses before how it's kind of wonky based on okay here's the buck so this guy is considered a down lineman and then how they read and sort through things but uh before i won't get too far uh i sent a message out to eric all but obviously our thoughts and prayers are with eric all and hopefully uh he has a quick recovery uh, whatever it is as of right now we don't know what it is uh, as re- as of recording uh but hopefully a quick recovery for him um but even with him down, we went tight end heavy. Mm. Uh, some names that we aren't used to seeing coming in and making some big plays in the run game, which is very good. Um, but yeah, LaShawn Williams kind of seemed to have the hot hand. Every time he touched the ball, you felt like he had an opportunity to get three or four yards, um, which is not something that we've really clicked to so far this year. Uh, Caleb Johnson, uh, I think uh, after having the big game last week, I don't know if he had a setback in practice for his ankle or something like that. He didn't look as explosive as we're used to seeing. Um, so we went with the hot hand on LaShawn Williams, and I thought that uh, paid dividends. Obviously, at some point, we're going to have to figure out uh, figure out how to work the ball through the air uh, and find some of our targets. Um, but I think this is about as ugly of an Iowa-Wisconsin game as you can imagine, but mm-hmm. also an Iowa win. It mm-hmm. kind of reminded me of 2015 when we won 10-6. Oh, ten, I was thinking it was 10-3, 10-6. 10-6, <laughs> yeah. Kind of an ugly game, but at the end of it, I mean, we came up with the victory and really- At the end of it, I met your family for the first time after that game. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> what? That was weird. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> okay. Pretty sure we were Facebook official as I was sitting on the bus. Sure. Oh. Done deal. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> we got to figure out the pass game a little bit. There was a stint there where we only got three yards on six different drives. And so like that obviously needs to improve. Um, but I thought the first quarter we moved the ball pretty well. Um, and then obviously the 82-yard touchdown by LaShawn Williams is big. But... How tired was he after that? <laughs> yeah, I, I was guess. tired <laughs> watching it. That's a long run. Mm-hmm. I think it was the longest one I saw since the 90s. Yeah, it was something that right? like that. Yeah, Sometime in the 90s. But um, so very cool. But again, we need to find a way to become more consistent doing that kind of stuff. Um, different opportunities, different ways to flick the ball out there. You know, we tried a couple screens, but I just don't know if if screens are our answer right now on a consistent basis. But I kind of like just flinging it out there and letting our guys do it. There were times where uh, their DBs were off like eight or nine yards and it's second and one. Like, I don't mind just hucking it out there being like, hey, you're you're our best or one of our better skill guys. You're on the field. Let me just see what you can do. If you get three yards and get tackled, I'll take three yards and get tackled. You know, I mean, just an opportunity to kind of see what it is. Again, admittedly, I was terrible at those, but I'm sure that these guys are better than I was uh, at some of that stuff. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we kind of see some of that stuff moving forward, just to try and take advantage of the heavy boxes, because it's going to be probably nine, eight or nine guys sitting in the box waiting for us to run the football. Mm-hmm. So you get in, I mean, there's anything else you want to say about that? Not a whole lot outside of, like I said, the tight ends that came in, I thought stepped up uh, and made some, made some good plays, at least on offense. So you get into a situation now where um, we've had a couple running backs hurt. Jazz came back. Well, he was on the sideline. Okay. I didn't see him He's take dressed. a snap, but he dressed. Yep. So that's a traveled. good sign. Very good. But now Eric is down, we think, right? Um, just based on how it looked, which did not look pretty. Kate is down. Um Lachey. I mean, Lachey is down. It's like, what is your, what's your mental doing right now as a player? I mean, do you even have time to like take any of that in or is it just kind of, you just keep pushing forward and next man in kind of thing? Cause I know you guys went through, <clears throat> I know you guys went through a handful of injuries in 2015 where it was like, all right, next one up, next one up kind of thing. Obviously not to this extent, but. Yeah. Sometimes just that's the way it rolls. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta be ready to rock. So 
I think that there's something to the next man in, but I also think this is an opportunity to change the narrative of not getting the wide receivers the ball. Mm. You know, I mean, when you're top two, I don't want to say top two weapons because I do think the receivers can be weapons in the past game. But when your top two most used weapons are sure. down, what kind of opportunities does that create moving forward? Now, I know Nico had a drop in the game. Um, he had one where he was going across the middle. He was about to get lit up by the backside linebacker. And we kind of had this thing when I was at Iowa uh, under Coach Davis where I literally would not look for the ball if I'm running a crossing route and I see a flat defender on the far side, unless I'm supposed to like turn and sit. Um, and then like that's the pocket that I sit in, catch the ball. But if I'm meant to like run through and that's all I'm doing, I would I wouldn't even look at CJ. Like I just stay running because I know there's a guy right there who's waiting to blow me up. Mm. So I'm just not gonna look for the ball. And there were some times where like I got hit in the shoulder or something like that. But it's I mean, my coaching point that I was told was don't look for the ball unless you know you're open or you know that you can catch it and do something with it. He goes, because once you look at the quarterback, you're telling him, Hey, I want the ball. So that was something that was kind of interesting is like, we're looking for it. And I don't know if we're supposed to sit in that window or whatnot. I know that there are different ways to run meshes and crossing routes and things. So um, it'll be kind of interesting to see if, if we react to that, you know, it's like, okay, there's a backside flat defender. How do we take advantage of the hole that's before we get to him, maybe on the backside tackle as we run across the field. So um, interesting little things like that, that I think would help our, help our offense in a little bit. Okay. Defense. Look great. Yeah, that's kind of how it always is and how it always will be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, there were two drives there um, that they went down, but we stopped them. The first drive, I feel like I feel like our defense usually has to settle in. Like they give up one drive, but again, they play defensive ping pong, right? Mm -hmm. They play, they play, keep going, keep going, keep going. And then they got greedy on fourth down. They're like, oh, we're going to run it on fourth down, fourth and two, first drive. Cooper DeGene off the edge. Boop, gotcha. Mm -hmm. You know, so he I didn't mean, even get blocked. <laughs> <laughs> I know that like, but that's the point. Like you force them to try and be more aggressive than they normally would be mm -hmm. just to create, just to like, just to prove a point. Right. And then they screwed up. Boom. We take advantage of it. They hit the one play on Cooper over the top. But outside of that, now they lost their starting quarterback. They lost. That looked so um, weird, didn't it? I, I don't know if he just shattered his hand. Um, the way he was good. walking off, it was, I mean, I saw that he was in like a sling, like well, this he was under just his sweatshirt. His sweatshirt yeah. But like the way he was walking off, his hand just looked a little suspect. I felt really bad. Yeah. I mean, didn't... obviously you never want to see injuries. No, um, but that's why I said I felt bad. That And their starting running back came out for a little bit with a shoulder injury. I think obviously he came back in, but it's um, kind of a, like I said, just an Iowa-Wisconsin game, good defense phenomenal special teams. Mm -hmm. I mean, you couldn't have asked for anything better. I don't know how many times the announcers were talking about Tory Taylor and one, one announcer would talk about how great Tory Taylor is. And then the other one talked about how good Sebastian Castro is better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he had himself a game, seven tackles, I think two for loss an interception to seal it. Like there are a lot of really cool things that Iowa's defense and special teams are doing uh, to help us stay in these kinds of games. I saw this tweet. I just have it right here. It says, Iowa won a game by two scores in which they had under 40 yards passing and over 500 yards punting. <laughs> Are you trying to do it? You're trying to do a there gulp is. right there? Yeah. <laughs> 500 yards punting. That's the Iowa way right now. That's Defense, special wild. teams, and uh, enough offense to win the game. It's so crazy. I mean, every punt is like, boom, boom. It's just a boot. To your point, though, like, I think you had made a point, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, that this is kind of 
one of the more hostile we feel like in terms of how the fans have reacted to the season. Oh yeah. So we're six and one. We're leading the Big Ten West with an opportunity to go back to Indianapolis. Okay, hold on. And if I, we go to Indianapolis, are we going to go? We took Dax the the last year we were there. Yeah, unless we get a suite, I'm not going. <laughs> oh my bougie, Matt. Mainly because I'm not handling two kids in the bleachers. I'm not going to do it. Unless we get a suite, I'm not going. I would rather have it. Well, if you can come up with a playpen that you can bring onto the bleachers, <laughs> so Dax can run around and be an idiot, and we can have uh, Blair do tummy time. I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm just not laughing because it. it's just so not you to say something like that. Just it's not, but <laughs> like I. That's why. That's partly why I don't go to the games now. Okay, I'm sorry. Continue. We have all these opportunities, potentially an opportunity to be but back the, in Indianapolis. But the first thing that people think of when I say, "Oh, we can go back to Indy," is, "Oh, well, it's going to be 42 to three again." Like that's the first thing out of I out of a lot of Iowa fans like Twitter. No, Twitter is obviously a negative space, but like that's a lot of the rhetoric right now, which I think is incredible. We're sitting at six and one mm. and there's so much room to improve. Like you can argue that the offense, obviously that the offense isn't doing as great as it could be. Like, I think that that you, that argument can be made, but that just means that improvement can be made. We're sitting at six and one and there's a lot of improvement that can happen. We had less than 40 yards passing. Like improvement can happen there. Mm -hmm. But I think to just harp on like, we need to do this. We need to do that. We need like, and don't get me wrong. I'll share a couple of my thoughts and opinions. But the point of it is more or less talking about what did happen, which what happened is it was an ugly game and we won 15 to six. We won the game. What a crazy score. We won a trophy. Yeah. I think too. We had our, our, our backup starter on the road where he came from. Win a trophy. Yeah. First awake start. Second or for, uh, second ever career start. Like, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. Right? Or am I just talking out of my butt? I don't like that. But um, no, you are. You're talking right out of it. No, <laughs> just kidding. Um, no, you're not. What you're saying is all, it's all um, valid. Valid. Right? Yeah. I think too, it's just, we've talked about this too, is like the excitement of. Um, Kid. Of what? Cade. No, I was just saying like the excitement of like the story of a season, mm. like how, you know, it's, it's sad and it's unfortunate to see injuries happen, but it's like, it's plot twists and it's what happens next and where do we go from here and how do they overcome this? Right. Like sure. it's, it's a great story from, from a fan's perspective. Um, and there's a lot of other things that go into it, obviously. So with that outlook, it's like we're six and one and there's all of these other opportunities that could be afforded to us. Like that's pretty cool and it's exciting to watch. So yes, you are, you are correct. Thank you. Hmm. <laughs> okay. So we covered defense um, and special teams kind of anything else that you want to cover from this past game? I mean, it was kind of one of those games where we're like, huh, well, what do we talk about? <laughs> it was just uh, one of those interesting ones. Just the unsung hero. Okay, yes. Then let's get to that. This is your unsung hero brought to you by JB Roofing. Who is it this week? Well, you're going to have to redo it because it's actually two heroes. Okay. That was part of This is part of it. This is staying in. Okay, okay keep it in. Do not cut that out. <laughs> 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 These are your unsung heroes brought to you by JB Roofing. Go. There we go. Uh, <laughs> so the first one is, I believe it's Jimmy Pascuzzi. Yes, Dax loved saying that name. You we were like, Pescuzzi. And he was like, Pescuzzi, you're Pescuzzi. <laughs> yes. So Jimmy Pescuzzi um, on LaShawn Williams' touchdown run. Okay. So guy who hasn't gotten a ton of reps, 
he comes in. He's the third tight end. We're in a 13 set, which means it's one back, three tight ends, one wide receiver. When we're running to the right, he's the tight end on the left. So his job is basically just to help slant with the line. So they're slanting to where the running back's going because they're trying to reach their guys and create a create a block. Okay, So he's going to the right, and you can see it on tape. His eyes are looking forward and a little bit to the right because if anything crosses his face, if anybody tries to go between him and the guy next to him, that gap, he's responsible for. But what happens is nobody goes there. So he could have just continued to go along and then what would have happened is the guy he ends up blocking would have made the play. But he goes, realizes nobody's crossing his face, and he turns his hip to the guy that's trying to be- run behind the play and blocks him. And that's not an easy block. He had to hold it for a couple seconds against a big D lineman um, and uh, essentially holds him up long enough for LaShawn Williams to get by, and then obviously LaShawn Williams does the rest from there. But it's just the little thing of going with the line, making sure nobody crosses my face. Okay, nobody's here. Now I can turn and make this what happened to be the touchdown ceiling block, uh, which happened three yards in the backfield, (laughs) which is kind of crazy. So uh, the touchdown uh, freeing block courtesy of Jimmy Pascuzzi is why he's unsung hero. Number one. Number two is Mason Richmond. Okay. And uh, he's our left tackle. I believe it's third quarter. I think it's either 7-6 or 7-3. I can't remember the exact score. Deacon Hill drops back to pass. We're on like the 25, 20-yard line, somewhere in there, um, of Wisconsin's. Excuse me, of our own 20-25. So if Wisconsin had the ball, it'd be a short field. Deacon throws it, uh, gets tipped, and one of their big linemen come down with it. But Mason Richmond, our left tackle, goes in and strips the ball out. So it's ruled not a catch. Mm -hmm. I can tell you from experience that the offensive linemen do not work how to strip the ball (laughs) on a consistent basis. But because this interception didn't happen, Mason Richmond strips it and then we we punt it. And Torrey Taylor was phenomenal at flipping field position the whole time that we gave our defense a chance. But at that point of the game, again, I can't, Completely remember, so the comments are going to eat me up about it. I don't know what the score was. It was 7-3 or 7-6. If they pick that off, who knows if they, if our defense stops them or whatever. I know our defense is playing well. But the fact that he stripped it allowed Torrey to flip the field and then ended up, obviously, we ended up winning the game. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that that specific thing won the game, but it was a key component in making sure that we didn't put our defense in a bad situation. So Jimmy Pascuzzi and Mason Richmond, uh, Unsung Heroes. This week brought to you by JB Roofing. Very good. Okay, we're going to get into a conversation with QB1, Deacon Hill, coming up. I couldn't find a whole lot about this guy on the internet. I had to like do the deep dive on Instagram of like, okay, this is his sister. And then and I'm like five Instagram profiles down trying to figure out what what is Deacon Hill? Who is he and what does he like to do? And we found out a whole lot about him that I I don't think anybody knows around Very here. Cool. Very Obviously, cool. Obviously, he's new on the scene, and we're just so excited to have him in the studio today. Stay tuned for that interview coming up. Need a new roof, gutter, or siding in eastern Iowa? Call JB Roofing, a local and reliable roofer with over 20 years of experience. They do one roof at a time, unlike others who juggle multiple projects and cut corners. They also serve a 45-mile radius around Kelowna and help you with any insurance claims. Don't wait. Call 319-656-ROOF or visit their website, jbroofingkelowna.com for a free estimate. JB Roofing, the small town roofer you can trust. 
Hey, Matt, did you know that Iowa City Tire does more than just tires? Uh, yeah. I mean, they've been servicing the corridor for like 40 years. Okay, but did you know that until somebody had to tell you? No. No, I didn't. Well, hey, check out how they're doing things in a very different way at Iowa City Tire and Service, where service actually comes first. Visit ictire.com. Welcome back. We're going to hop into our interview. A very special guest today. You guys know him well. Just kind of popped on the scene. Everyone, please welcome to the podcast, Deacon Hill. Deacon, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? I would. We would just do a, a clap. Oh, yeah, golf we'll clap. just do a fake one. <laughs> In honor of your boy, Tori Taylor, golf clap. Yeah. yeah, there you go. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? We're good. You're coming off a win. Feeling, yeah. Feeling all right. Feeling good. Huh? A little sore, but... Well, a win good. at the alma mater. Well, yeah. Kind of. Do you, do you say that when you're still in school? I don't know. The, the original. Whatever. We'll just yeah. call it that. The original past. Yeah. The past. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> hey, I'm good with that. I'm that had to have felt pretty good, though. Yeah. That was a uh, one, once-in-a-lifetime feeling right there. What was it like... Um, I mean, we're not going to go too far into the game, but like, what was it like being on the opposing side, hearing jump around? While you were there. It was weird. It was like a little <laughs> yeah. weird. Um, like just seeing the field from a different side mm. was like weird. Yeah. That um, makes sense. Pulling like the buses pulling in a different section of the. I guess I didn't even think about like little stuff like that. <laughs> uh, like the locker rooms, obviously different. Um, Is it way worse? It's honestly for an away locker room, it's pretty good. Hmm. Like it's not that bad. I mean, I enjoyed playing there. I always thought like, as opposed to like Northwestern. Oh, Purdue, yeah. like those are terrible. Maryland was like the size of one of these mugs. Um, <laughs> it's like really cramped, but Wisconsin was nice. But. Yeah, Wisconsin is like there's enough room. Like it's not super cramped. Mm-hmm. Northwestern's the only one like a ways right now that I haven't liked, that it's been like pretty brutal. Yeah, it's, it's a tight fit over there. Yeah. Okay, I do have a question about Wisconsin though. What's the deal with the student section coming in so late? Is that just like a thing? So they make them come in single file. Mm. And so that's why it takes them so long because they like check all of them for alcohol. I'm pretty sure. Oh. Don't quote me on that. I, that part could be wrong, but I know single file is for sure. So wait, Wisconsin doesn't serve alcohol at their. I don't know. Opinion. I don't think so. If they changed it, but when I was there, no. Interesting. Yeah. Well, then that totally makes sense. Just yeah, single so file. They that's know. why it takes so long for it to like fill up. Yeah. It fills up like s- halfway through the second quarter because everybody's yeah. coming in single file. They need to fix that. <laughs> Just think about it. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so you're from California. Mm-hmm. Whereabouts? Santa Barbara. Okay, so tell yeah. me about like growing up. What was that like for you? What were your hobbies? Yeah, so I mean, water polo was probably my biggest hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, Hold on, water polo. We're just gonna skip over that. That's wild. Yeah, so water polo was my first sport. Um, okay, I learned to swim when I was two and played my first game when I was four. Oh my gosh! Yeah, is that pretty? I don't um, remember it. I was. <laughs> That's I mean, definitely where the but, cannon comes from, though. That makes sense. Yeah, but my sisters were all water polo players. My oldest sisters got into it in Santa Barbara, um, and Sammy ended up uh, in the 2016 Olympics. Um, yeah, she was a gold medalist, right? Yeah, I did like a deep dive on Instagram, and I was like, <laughs> um, "Excuse me, I'm just gonna brush over the fact that you have an Olympic yeah, gold medalist." My as oldest a sister. sister. Yeah, she That's crazy. Olympic. Yeah. It's, I never like, I don't like to put the medal on. Like when she hands it to me, I'm like, no, like I don't deserve to touch that. <laughs> okay. That checks out. I would feel that way too. Um, but yeah, water polo is probably my biggest hobby. Um, obviously surfing, like growing up at the beach. Um, Wait, my you best friends are, yeah. You're, you're a pretty big guy to be surfing. Yeah. Longboarding. A lot. Okay. What's Hold the difference? On. Yeah, I was gonna say educate us. I don't know. So like shortboard, that's what you see in like professional, like trying to like carve up the waves because like, it's more agile yeah i'm assuming longboard it's kind of like you just 
smooth into the wave, stand up, and you're just kind of riding for a while. Like, it's pretty like, relaxed, chill, I should say. And how old were you when you learned that? Eight. My mom taught me how to surf. Okay, coolest family wow. ever. Yes. You're rivaling Kate Martin right now because she has a really cool family <laughs> tree too. Um, your parents, were they? did they play any sports? Uh, yeah, so my mom grew up in Santa Barbara as well. Uh, she went to San Marcos, which was my rival high school. Um, but she's she was a hooper. She's a parade All-American her senior year. Um, she's in the Hall of Fame at San Marcos. And then she went to play at BYU. And I believe she's in the Hall of Fame there too. <laughs> She averaged, I think it was 22 points, eight rebounds, and five assists her senior year. My goodness. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And then your dad? Uh, he, his, he's stunning. His story is more funny. He's like, so he grew up in Samoa until he was 13, moved to Hawaii, played one year of JV football, but was more of like a hooper, gym rat. Um, he goes back to Samoa for a couple of years, comes back, and Fresno City College is recruiting my uncle to play football. And so... They see my dad and like, oh, you want to come too? And so he went there for two years, kind of just to look out for my uncle. Then transferred to BYU Hawaii, played two years of hoops there, um, and then played for the Samoan national team for a couple years. Oh my gosh, I did not know you were Samoan. Yeah, I'm half. Okay, mm -hmm. and then let's wow. see, Epinesas, they're Samoan too, right? Yep. How yeah, we're actually related. No way. <laughs> yeah. It's very distant. <laughs> what? It's very distant. But like, if you know the Polynesian culture, it's like always pretty distant. But like, okay. you know them pretty well. Oh my gosh! Very cool. Yeah. So like did when you... I first got here, I talked to Eric, and then we both went back to our dads and tried to figure it all out. And then my uncle texted me, he's like, "Yeah, you're related to Vanessa's." How crazy is that? Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Okay, so... so yes, like coolest family. Sorry, Kate. Coolest family <laughs> that we've had on. That's incredible. That is so cool. So have you gotten to talk to like Epi and all of them? Yeah, I've I haven't met AJ yet. Okay. Um, hey, he's I, pretty busy right now. Yeah. He's got bigger <laughs> things to do than talk to me right now. But um, yeah, I've met Epi a couple times, talked to him. It's really one of the fun. nicest guys I've ever met. Oh, yeah. Is that Great just too. the like Samoan culture? Because I remember when he was playing, we would like pop over to their tailgate and he'd be like, yeah, anybody that's like in the area, we will feed you. We will make you food. Like just come in and join us. Is that just kind of the culture or is that just Epi? Yeah, it's kind of just like... <laughs> Everybody treats like family. Like, if you know one singular person, like within the group, yeah, you're family, basically. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I love that. Okay. So let's see. Going back to growing up, you said you have two sisters? Three. Three sisters. Yeah. Are you the only boy? Yeah. And I'm the youngest. The boy? Oh, okay. <laughs> so talk to me about that. So tell me your other sisters. You have the gold medalist. Yeah. So that's Sammy. <laughs> uh -huh. She's 31. Uh, then there's Cody. She's 29. And then Abby is 22. She's two years old. Yeah, 22. Okay. Abby just finished up her senior year at UCLA last semester. Uh, four years started there for water polo. Um, <laughs> Cody and Sammy played together at UCLA. Uh, Sammy's all-time leading saves and Cody's all-time leading assists over there. So, Wow. This is amazing. Yeah. That's, a, that's a really cool family tree. So when you go back, what, do you guys play water polo like – all together is that like a is that a family thing that you can do like it's kind easy of. to it's easy to pick up football in the backyard or basketball or whatever that's kind of like you have to go somewhere right to do it yeah like when i was when we were all playing and i was younger and they'd come back from like college they'd always come to like practices mm. and we like mess around um mess around by putting up like 90 goals yeah probably <laughs> something, something like that <laughs> but um cody's husband coaches water polo in santa barbara now okay. um and so I'm sure at some point I'll go back, hop in the pool, and they'll all come. Okay. 
but yeah, he was a stud too. He was a three-time national champion at UCLA. What? And it was up for the Catino Award. So the Catino Award is like the Heisman of college water polo. Okay. So, so he was up for that. Ryder. He's a legit. Okay. You're blowing our minds right now. Yeah. That's why I, I don't even know what to say. No, this is cool. I'm going to tell you <laughs> this, this is why this is really cool is because obviously do a little research before we come into this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, who is Deacon Hill? Like, who is this guy just hops onto the scene, comes from Wisconsin? Like, honestly, I think that's kind of all anybody knows about you at this moment. Like, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think any- I haven't really done a lot of interviews or stuff, so I don't think a lot of people know anything. There has been no deep dive, so I'm like, this is just going to be... Is that a pun? Yeah. What Water polo really... is more on the surface. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't really dive for that one. Um, but actually, I was like, or I guess we're really going to find out who this guy is. So this is this is really cool. Mm-hmm. And okay. Super so when did football take over then? Mm. If water polo is like pumping through everybody's veins that's ever yeah. been existed with, um, with your family? It's kind of around fourth grade. There was like a... I'd played like one year of tackle football. It was terrible. Um, and there was just like this ad for like quarterback training, seven on seven thing um, with this coach named JT Stone. And so we went out for it and he ended up like, I played for a seven on seven team and he ended up training me from fourth grade till I was a senior in high school. He uh, kind of brought me up in the football world. He's like a second dad, uh, but he got a high school job when I was like in seventh grade. So I knew I was going to high school. So he coached me in high school for basically from fourth grade till I got to college. That's incredible. Has he come to watch you play yet? Not yet. He okay. is in North Carolina now coaching football at a high school over there. Uh, hopefully he'll come up soon. Yeah. I'm supposed to call him actually later. Oh, so <laughs> don't forget. That reminded me. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Very good. Um, so he just kind of talked you into like playing it because you said, I mean, if you I, like, were trash I wanted your first to play. year, I mean, how? I like, yeah, I know I wanted to play, but I was like. My parents were like, yeah, you're going to suck if you don't get coaching. So mm-hmm. we went to him, and then I like discovered, like, yeah, quarterback's pretty fun. Let's play that. Um, then, yeah, I ended up – I had to make the choice my sophomore year between football and water polo. Was that tough? Yeah. I, like, growing, all growing up, I thought I was going to play water polo in college. Um, football was just kind of something to do for fun. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just another sport to play. Um, and then kind of like freshman year, I got really serious about football, eighth grade freshman year. And then sophomore year was like, okay, like, what do I want to get recruited for? What do I want to play more? Because it was getting way too much. Because we had, like, I got down, I was, like, having, like, 13 practices a week, 14. Are they the same season? Yeah. And so, like, off-season football would be the same as club water polo. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't play high school water polo because I was the same season as football. Um, and so club water polo would be, like, 5 a.m. practice. And then you have lift in the afternoon of football practice. And then we'd have practice again at night for water polo. That was like four days a week, and then you have tournaments on like every weekend. Mm-hmm. And so I like, I think the my mom didn't want me to give up water polo. Mm-hmm. I think the rest of my family and I were ready to give it up, but she was not ready to give up water polo yet until there was like one weekend I had a seven on seven tournament and water polo tournament in the same town, like in LA. And we got home from the tournament. It was like nine p.m. I fell asleep and didn't wake up till like two p.m. the next day. And she was like, "Okay, like this is literally killing him. So <laughs> yeah. let's." decide what we want to do and then chose football and then i think a month later got offered by wisconsin a month later so you got offered by wisconsin your sophomore year then is that what i just yeah may hold on hold on hold on so two years before you got a d1 scholarship this was a hobby because you were (laughs) half playing it and you were like "Eh, ah let's just try and then offer 
Yeah, like I was like it was a hobby, <laughs> but like insane. I also was like like I cared about it a lot and like well, I understand like working at it, but it's not like you, you, I mean you just said water polo. Yeah, was the like thing, I thought then, water polo was gonna be in my sport great. until right. I decided I had to like choose between like what do I want to do more. Wow. Okay, so based on your size, did anyone ever try to ask you to play a different um position? Yeah, JT did. Okay. With that first practice, he like tried to put me at tight end. Really? And my dad was like, I brought him to play quarterback. And they saw me throw the ball. And he was like, okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Did you have any interest in playing tight end at all? Yeah, it was fun. Like, yeah. I played it a couple years. I also loved playing defense growing up. Okay. That was fun. I what missed position? that. But I probably couldn't hang with all the guys. Who, like you know, DN or linebacker? Yeah, DN linebacker. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I was great, but it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> so you like the physical part of it? Yeah. That's what I miss about water polo is the mm. physicality. Okay, explain that to me. I guess, so I don't know anything about water polo, mm-hmm. so explain to me, like, um, what's the purpose, and, like, how, how exactly does it work? Like, how do you move? What's the... I know you got to be in incredible shape, and you got to be able to swim and tread water for a very long time. You would lose. Go ahead. So, it's yeah, so there's, like, there's six field players on each team and a goalie. The goalie is the only person who can touch the ball with two hands. Um, you're playing, like, eight, 12 feet deep water, so you can't touch the walls, can't touch the bottom. Um, the positions are kind of like soccer and basketball combined. That's the way I say it because there's like attackers, defenders, and then there's a set. A set is like a center or a post player in basketball. Um, then you have set defenders, and then you have like a utility who is kind of like an athlete in football, plays whatever like the team needs. Um, basically, you just like try and score as many goals as possible and then stop the other team from doing it. But you also have like people trying to drown you, people punching you, kicking you, scratching you. So it's probably kind of hard. Is there um, penalties? Yeah. Like so there's or? like, so you get three ejections. So ejections are like fouls in basketball. You get three of those and then you're out. Okay. Um, and then if you get ejected, you have a 30 second power play like hockey where you're, uh, if you're on offense, you're up six on five. If you're on defense, you're five on six. Um, uh, there's like a brutality, which is like, you sock someone in the face, like outside of the water, you're done for the game. Mm-hmm. Pretty simple. Uh, major, it is if you get three. And then there's like ordinary fouls where it's like, like you can just have as many of those as possible. Like it's kind of just, it's like a kickball violation. Mm. Kind of like doesn't affect anybody. Okay. Just is a foul, I guess. Gotcha. No. I mean, I watched a little bit in the Olympics, but I mean, that that's a lot more in depth than the, uh... I anticipated. (laughs) So if you're coming to Wisconsin or Iowa, you're like, here you are in the Midwest. Your hobbies are water polo and surfing. Is there anything that you (laughs) like? What do you do for fun here? Uh, I I mean, I try and play like video games as much as I can with my boys back home. Mm -hmm. Try and stay connected to them. What do you play? Madden, 2K. On? uh, uh, Xbox. I also have a PS5, though. All right, that's better. Okay. I got that from my, my brother-in-law. I got me a PS5. He, um, that's a nice brother-in-law. So he's Sammy's husband. Mm-hmm. Sammy's husband's name is Sam. Okay. Um, and so he works for PlayStation. He works cybersecurity. <laughs> but he played football at UCLA and San Diego State. Okay. Oh, does anyone else do anything cool in your family? Like, <laughs> what do your parents do for work? <laughs> uh, CIA. Uh... <laughs> my dad's. He's a big golfer, so he works at the golf courses. Nice. And then my mom runs the family company that my great-grandfather started. Uh-huh. It's, uh, it was like a lot bigger back then, but now it's just 
low income housing for elderly people. Oh wow. In Santa Barbara. So she runs that. Okay. So you guys are like super cool and also like really nice. <laughs> Understood. Okay. Wow. And unbelievably athletic. Well, that too. Can't forget that. <laughs> that goes without saying. Um, what do you want to do? Do you know? I'm gonna be coach. You're gonna be I'm, coach. I want to coach when I'm done playing. Um you want to be kind of a specialized guy like Stone was for you, or do you yeah. want to be like a team, a part of a team? I like I haven't decided like what I want to do. Like I could see myself being high school, mm -hmm. um, just because the way JT was to me, like I'd want to be that for somebody else mm -hmm. um, or some like kid. That's very cool that you have somebody like that in your life. Yeah, Coach Bud here, uh, the quarterbacks coach or like special assistant KF, he's like that for me too because he was the one who recruited me to Wisconsin. Oh, yes. And then he's here now. I did see that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so explain to me how that kind of all went down. Because he came here before you, right? Oh, or yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he was the first one to offer me out of high school. Um, he offered me before I was a starter in high school. I had started three games, but apparently I had enough tape. And he came out to California. That's and offered wild. Me. <laughs> um, and then I committed maybe a month or two later to Wisconsin. I was committed to Wisconsin for like uh, over a year and a half. Maybe two years. So did you take any other visits or was it? Yeah, I went to Wisconsin and then Kansas State right after. Got offered there at Kansas State. Came back and was like, I'm good with Wisconsin. Like, Coach Bud's what I want to coach. Like, let's do it. Mm -hmm. And then he left before I got there. And so that sucked. But I, I, like, I love Coach Christ. He was a great, awesome coach. Um, but Bud went to Colorado State to be the OC. And then the head coach got fired at Colorado State. And so they brought in a new head coach, and he brought his offensive staff. And so Bud was out of a job, mm -hmm. ended up here. Um, I was in the portal, and Carson May had entered the transfer portal from here. And I guess Bud told Brian to give me a call. And I was committed to Fordham in New York City, FCS school. Um, Brian called me, and he was like, hey, like, you know, Bud put in a good word. You know, we'd love to have you here. And I was like, okay, yeah, cool. Let's do it. Let's, let's do it. It was that easy. Yeah, it took me about a day. <laughs> Not even that. I think Brian, we, Brian called me and told me. And then I, like, told my family. And then I think that he called later that night to, like, talk to my parents. And I think I called him, like, 10 minutes later. I was like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> okay. So have your parents been able to come watch you play? Uh, yeah, I think they've been almost at every game. Almost every game. That's, That's great. Cool. Yeah. So talk to me about, let's get into football just a little bit more now. Um, talk to me about that like mentality shift. So you were the backup at Wisconsin, then you come here, backup as well. You've got someone like Cade kind of in mm -hmm. front of you, right? And you're kind of under the assumption as a backup, like, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the game. I have to be ready, but, you know, we'll just kind of see what happens. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's like flip of a switch. And it's all night eyes game, are... Michigan State. <laughs> like, all eyes are on you. Like Blackout. I think, or did you black out? <laughs> no, uh, maybe parts. But I think like the moment Cade went down, I think it was kind of nice in the sense that I didn't have time to think. Mm. Like it was like I was like, get your helmet and like go, mm -hmm. get the play call and go. Yeah, I got halftime. Then it was like kind of slowed down a little bit. But at the first part, I was like, okay, like I don't have time to think. Yeah, like let's just get out there and do my job. Um. Yeah, the mentality now is obviously, like, very different. Yeah. Like, obviously, like, you're a backup. You have to prepare to be a starter. But you're not the guy running out there on Saturday. Now, you're the guy running out there on Saturday. So it's a little different feeling. Mm -hmm. um, 
Did you take the majority of ones reps during spring and like summit camp when Kid was out? Yeah. So when Kid got hurt on Kid's Day, I took the ones from the rest on out and then spring ball towards like the last couple weeks of it, I took the end of them. All the ones. So at least it wasn't like completely brand new. I've never, yeah. you know, I have really haven't repped with these guys. You at least had some. Yeah, kind of like it was nice. Like I knew what I was getting myself into. And the biggest thing was probably getting snaps with Logan. Oh sure, sure. Under center snaps, yeah, are like, different. It's, it's it doesn't seem like a big thing, but like all centers snap the ball differently. Really? Yeah. Like some people are like softer. Logan snaps it really hard. Um, L's is a little slower, softer. It hits the hand softer. Um. Yeah, everyone snaps it differently. That's interesting. Okay. I mean, you think, I know you weren't here yet, but Padilla had the uh, drop snap against Ohio State. Oh, Probably because he's used to working with a different center. Oh. That makes sense. And I know cadence is different when a quarterback comes in. Yeah. So I'm, I'm that glad was that one we of didn't have any false was, starts. Yeah. That was one of the things was mimicking Cade's cadence. We oh. talked about that during camp. Like one thing Bud and Brian said were like, Whatever K does, you guys need to copy. And so when if you get in there, nothing changes. And so okay. whatever Cade's cadence was, that's what my cadence was going to be. Interesting. Sometimes Matt will, when we're, so we have a son that's two and a half mm-hmm. and they play football together and he'll like try to do a cadence. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting how <laughs> you don't do it right now. <laughs> Grenade t- No. <laughs> yeah, I just choose Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I'll use some of the ones at Iowa, but obviously I'm not going to do it on the podcast. But I would yeah. use uh, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Green 18. Green 18's a hut. And so then when he's quarterback, he tries it too. Yeah. yeah. But it's way off. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's just funny how um, your voice changes when you do it. Does your voice change a lot when you do the cadence? Probably. You got to have some more bass to it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that they can hear it. Yeah. Hmm. Like, like I mean, it's basically little... like you're screaming. Uh huh. But it's got to kind of be at like a lower octave. So then you don't lose, like it has to be lower so you don't lose your like voice. It's like if you're like screaming that's super high. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's going to laugh at you. Yeah. And like I think. If I'm out on the sideline and I hear a high pitch, like yeah. cadence, I'm giggling in my stance. <laughs> yeah. <for> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I had a, um, in high school during a game, my voice cracked. Oops. Yeah. And I like, I started laughing. <laughs> I was like, great. It's awesome. Um, how about the difference in just. Like we've said, like you're kind of behind the scenes in that two position, and then all of a sudden you're on the scene now. Not only are all eyes on you on the field, but then you're like getting media attention. Mm. You've got a t-shirt now. Um, Wait, there's a t-shirt? I didn't know the t-shirt. Oh, you haven't seen the t-shirt? I haven't seen the t-shirt. Well, there's a couple of them, but the one that I saw was Big Deke Energy. And there's like s- Sneak and Deacon. <laughs> sneak and Deacon. Right, Ray Gun put them out. John likes the big deke energy. (laughs) I think that one's really good too. Um, When you first came on, um, or first came out and um, had to take Kate's spot at the next podcast, I was like, it's giving Big Ben. And Matt (laughs) knows that Big Ben was my favorite player when he was playing toward the end because I was like, he's just so unassuming. Like you, you watch him and you're like... I promise this is a compliment. No, it is because I <laughs> loved Big Ben. I did. I thought he was so I liked great. Him too. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so back to what I was saying. Um, you've got the t-shirts, you know, all the attention. Mm. I mean, what is that kind of like? Have, does it one of those things where you kind of just can't let it sink in? It's you just kind of have to keep going forward. Yeah, um, I've tried to like limit. Like I deleted Twitter, Twitter before season. Mm-hmm. Um, I try and limit like my time on Instagram and all that stuff. Just to, when it's good. Like, if you win, when it's good, it's still bad. And when it's bad, it's really bad. Yeah. So it's, like, kind of avoiding all of that is the best thing you can do. Um, And then, yeah, like, NIL, all that stuff. 
I try not to focus on it just because, like, my team needs me more yeah. than some company. Right. That's insane. So, like, my obligation is to my team, not to any other company. Right. So that's what I've been trying to focus on. I don't try and, like, the Reagan thing was, like, he texted me. He's like, is it cool if we put this out? And I just, like, said, yeah. And then <laughs> turned my phone off. <laughs> The the I'm Twitter obsessed. one's funny because uh, Laura loves to tell the story that uh, a buddy of mine that I played with, Andrew Stone, um, transferred from Iowa Western, and after every game, if he got on the field, he was searching his name on Twitter and searching his oh, name yeah. on like blogs. <laughs> and um, I won't say the explicit version, but one of our favorites, uh, we were playing at the Tax Slayer Bowl, and um, this was 2014 against Tennessee. We got mm-hmm. smacked, and I scored my first career touchdown. And Stone got like a two minute drill, but he didn't get out of bounds. He got like hit and he had a like really big bruise on his thigh, yeah. or like whatever. Anyway, all that to say, he checked it afterwards and said, Why do we have two unathletic Fs like Vandenberg and Stone on the field? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, That's classic. Yeah. That's why we don't look at Twitter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was dying. Out. Yeah. Twitter's brutal. Yeah. It'll get you. That's for sure. It's a passionate fan base. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, Deacon, thank you so much. This yeah, was so much fun. This was great. Yeah, we wish you the best of luck this coming Saturday and um, the rest of the season, of course. We've had so much fun watching you so far, and it's just it's just going to be great. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Deacon. Mm-hmm. Best of luck, and um, we'll be right back with, with our preview. Who do we even play? We're Minnesota. They hate Floyd. Iowa. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> do you know that? Do you know how much Minnesota hates I'm, Iowa? Uh, I'm learning it. Minnesota sure. hates Iowa quickly. so much that after their first game against Nebraska this season – they made a film. They made a video with Nebraska fans, saying how much Iowa. they hate Iowa. Yeah, they were all like, "We hate, who nuts. hates Iowa? We hate Iowa." So anyway, that's, that's crazy. That's what you're up it's against so this that's coming crazy. Saturday. That <laughs> 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 should be a good time. At least it's in Kinnick, so yeah, it'll be a good time. All righty, we'll see you on Saturday. Cool. Thanks, Deacon. Thank you. This season, Marquee Pizzeria is teaming up with Nico Regani to help the University of Iowa Children's Hospital. Together, they've created a new signature pizza, the Nico Parm. Sounds so good. $2 of every pizza will be donated to the Children's Hospital. Visit Marquee Pizzeria located in the Coralville River Landing this fall and help the kids by eating pizza. You know, if you're not in the mood for pizza. If you're not, I love Estella's because it is fresh. From the fresh grilled steak to the salsas to their fresh pressed tortillas. I love Estella's because it's quick. You can get in and out and it doesn't feel like fast food. It feels like fresh food quick. Yeah, we both love Estella's because it is made with love. They put a lot of pride in their food and customer service, and they are locally owned. Plus, it was my biggest pregnancy craving. I will say that, too. (laughs) (laughs) That's Estella's Fresh Mex. Fresh food made quick with love. Locally owned and operated, Performance is a full-service restoration company serving eastern Iowa. As an IICRC certified firm, their multi-licensed technicians have decades of experience in water, mold, and fire mitigation. Whether it's your home or business, this is the team you want in the time of need. Performance Restoration, 319-626-2292. The Appliance Barn offers a wide range of high-quality appliances at unbeatable prices. Whether you're in the market for a new refrigerator, dishwasher, or washing machine, they've got you covered. They also have a delivery and setup department to ensure your appliances get delivered and installed quickly. To find out more, visit appliancebarn.com. Okay, how cool was Deacon Hill? Yeah, that was great. That's unbelievable family lineage. Time after time. <laughs> these water polo? Stars. Water polo? I can't, I mean, we, we established I can't tread water for 90 seconds. When we were off the air, he said that he could tread water for hours. Yeah, he said probably two hours.
in his in his heyday is what he said. <laughs> yeah, dude's 20. I ain't trying to hear this. <laughs> okay, when he was Friend like, of the pod, Deacon Hill. Yeah, no, he was so cool. Um, all right. I have a stat really quickly about the Wisconsin game that I just wanted to say really quick. Um No, you missed your you missed your spot. This is the preview. Sorry. <laughs> but 15 to 6, the last time that we um had that score in a game was 1896. That was the only other time, 15 to 6. Like think about it, that's not really like a a typical that's the last time score. Iowa had that? Yeah. The last time the football Haw- had It's the last time that the Hawkeyes won by a score of 15 to 6. It was wow. 1896. Interesting. Isn't that crazy? Anyway, I just Marina. had to share that. I saw a tweet about it and I was like, dang, that's cool. Um, that was from Matt Weitzel, our sports info director mm-hmm. in the athletic department. So, of course, he knows those those stats. But, okay, let's hop into Minnesota. If anything we know about Minnesota, it's that they hate Iowa. <laughs> All right. Here's some quick Wikipedia facts for you. Are you ready for this? This is just about the like series of Iowa versus Minnesota. So um, Minnesota leads the all-time series, 62 to 52. Minnesota? Yep. And then Iowa leads the trophy series because we haven't had the trophy the whole time we've been playing, but only by 44 to 42. Only by two games. Isn't that kind of surprising? They must have been good a long time ago. (laughs) Well, actually, (laughs) that's funny. We'll get to that in a second. Um, The largest victory margin, Minnesota, in 1903. You ready for this? What what do you think it is? I don't want to know. Just say. 40? 75 to zero. (laughs) Isn't that insane? When was that? Uh, 1903. Oh. Quite a while ago. It feels like that's that's a long time. That's a long time. Um, Current win streak is Iowa since 2015. So hopefully we can keep that going. As we come up on this next Saturday. Matt, what do you know about Skiuma? I, I know nothing. Do you know that they say that? Yeah. Minnesota fans? Well, I mean, yes, but that's it. So the first time I came across that is when I was cheering at Iowa. I think we were at a basketball game and I saw the cheerleaders had ski. They had to ski on, on you know, the posters that they hang. Posters. Is that they call them? Mm, Cardboard. Yeah. Signs. Just call them signs. Yeah. That's what we call them. Signs. <laughs> posters um the signs one had ski next one had you next one had ma and i was looking at it because they had them sitting in like the um hallway and i'm sitting there like ski you you ma and i'm like maybe this, i can it's tell that spelling. your would have been turning so hard i just i had no knowledge of what this was and i was like maybe it's like if you like mix the letter mix this one with miss you i could not figure it out i was like i have no idea what that was and i'm just gonna let it go because i'm not gonna try to figure it out this time tried to figure it out (laughs) so it's back in 1884 two rugby players from minnesota um john w adams and listen to this name win w-i-n sergeant come on remember last week i was telling you about (laughs) (laughs) like some other history and there were names that i was like i don't think these are real this is another one that i'm like I don't know if this is a real story, but we're going to run with it. Anyway, John W. Adams and Wynn Sargent, they were rugby players from Minnesota. Um, They wanted a fitting yell for the university. And so um, John Adams heard a young Native American boy um, yelling, ski you, after winning a canoe race at Lake Pepin. I don't know why he was watching a canoe race at Lake Pepin, but he happened to be. I don't know why he wouldn't be. I would. (laughs) I would. Anyway, (laughs) he heard him yell that after he won. And he's like, cool, that must mean, I think it means victory. Yes. And um, then him and uh, 
Wynn Sargent decided to add Ma to the end to like represent Minnesota. So victory for Minnesota mm. is what ski you ma means. Interesting. Yeah. Now you know. I haven't known it since 2015. <laughs> well, true. They're too busy doing We Hate Iowa. Ah. They don't have time for ski you ma. <laughs> yes. Uh, this year, in fact, they did that. Yes. Wild. All right. Let me tell you about Floyd. You know about Floyd. Heaviest trophy yes. we have. Yes, by far. Made out of bronze. Did you know that? Yeah. Okay. 98 pounds and 21 inches long. Yep. It's That's a crazy. big boy. Big That's... hog. <laughs> yes. So where did it come from? Back to 1934, Ozzy Simmons. Do you know Ozzy Simmons? Tailback for the Hawkeyes? I know the, I know the story, but yes. <laughs> you have to act like you don't. Oh. I know nothing. I know. Let me tell you. Um, Ozzie Simmons, he was a tailback for the Hawkeyes, one of the few black players at the time. They were playing Iowa, or sorry, Iowa was playing Minnesota, and the Minnesota players were taking some cheap shots at Ozzie. He's putting it nicely. Yes. And he had like bruised ribs. He had um, different types of um, injuries, and Iowa players and fans were not happy about the treatment of Ozzie Simmons. And so... Iowa players wrote like notes to Minnesota, like, like we're, we're coming for you basically. Mm -hmm. And so the, um, the Minnesota governor Floyd, take note of that Floyd Olson, um, the following year called the Iowa governor Clyde Herring and said, you know what, in the, in the, in light of sportsmanship and in light of moving forward, Let's just put something fun on this game and bring it back to like this is a game and, and this is this is what we're playing for. Just something, you know, not not too not too serious. And so he said the winner of the game um will receive a prize hog courtesy of the loser. Actual hog. Mm-hmm. A real one. And so um Clyde Herring, the Iowa governor, was like, sure, that sounds great. So um this was still in 1934, by the way. Um and so they played the game. Minnesota won. Clyde Herring delivers this prize hog from Rosedale Farms, which is in Fort Dodge, Iowa, delivers it to like the carpet. They, they made a point in the article to say this, the carpeted office of the Minnesota governor <laughs> <laughs> and took okay. this prize hog um, into his office and said, OK, you guys won. Here you go. And so that's how it kind of all started. And then they retired that hog to a farm where he later passed away there. R.I.P. Floyd. Um, but then in 1935, the Minnesota governor was like, let's actually create like a trophy out Hold of on. this. Hold on. So they took a real hog and then we're like, okay, now that you've given us this, that's fine. We don't, <laughs> <We'd>, <laughs> we're done well, they, with it. They just retired. Yeah. They retired him to another farm. Okay. And maybe they put him back to the farm he came from. I'm not really sure. I'd have to look into that. Somebody in the comments will be <laughs> so passionate cool. about Floyd that they'll tell me. So. If you really want the info, someone will have it. <laughs> but anyway, um, then they they created the trophy. And so Floyd is obviously the, the Minnesota governor's first name. And then of Rosedale is from the farm and Fort Dodge that it came from. Fast forward to just a few years ago, the city of Fort Dodge actually dedicated a new aquatic center on the town's east side called Rosedale Rapids. And it has a giant Floyd. Um, it has a giant Floyd statue. Really? Mm -hmm. That's that. Also, through reading this article that I was reading about Florida Rosedale and their origins, did you know that Ronald Reagan was the voice of the Hawkeyes for a little bit? The Ronald Reagan? Yes, the president. The voice of the... The radio announcer. The Gary Dolphin of his time. Ronald Reagan. Can we fact check that comments? No, literally. 
I fact-checked it because I was like, I don't know that that's true. It's true. Wow. It's a true story. Very Somebody cool. in the comments is going to be like, yes, Ronald Reagan. He's going to have so much more information. And I can't wait yes. to read it because I was like, this is crazy. Can you, can you upload audio clips to comments? I don't know. It's prob that's probably a sad thing. You probably don't want audio clips. <laughs> but the comments. Anyway, so that was that. Very cool. There's all of your information. Very cool. Mm -hmm. What do you got for me from Minnesota for the football of it all? Well, if we learned anything from Wisconsin, we are going to run the ball. <laughs> yes, but also could be a great opportunity for us to sling it. Yeah. In the spirit um, of moving forward. <laughs> yeah. So one thing that Wisconsin did quite a bit um, towards the end is they started doing Cobras, corner blitzes, linebackers blitzing off the edge, uh, mainly because they knew we were going to run the ball. They were trying to bring pressure. Uh, and basically bring more hats to the play than we have, which essentially means they just have more people. They call helmets hats. So if they have more hats, they have more helmets, they have more guys than we do. We're out-hatted, as, as they say. Hmm. Um, so they were trying to out-hat us in the run game, essentially. And I could see Minnesota doing the same thing. And Minnesota against Michigan, they brought a lot, a lot of corner blitzes, a lot of pressure off the edge um, against somebody who's pretty athletic. Uh, J.J. McCarthy runs quite a bit. I don't... Deacon Hill works works well in the pocket. I don't see him necessarily breaking off, you know, 25, 35-yard runs. Um, but he's more of a pocket presence. So I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to bring a little bit of pressure. Um, and just because we're going to run the ball a lot, I think, what, LaShawn Williams had 25 carries, Caleb Johnson had 17, and then we did had a couple end arounds. I mean, like, that's a lot of run plays. So I would anticipate them trying to stack the box. Uh, they played a little bit off coverage against Michigan, and maybe that's them giving Michigan receivers some respect, you know, saying that we don't want to press, that kind of stuff. They pressed a little bit, but it wasn't near as much as I'm used to seeing, which if they do play off, then we should be able to get quick hitches, like a quick screen, boom, out there, kind of like I talk about bubbles, things like that. Um, I think on offensively, we can do that, but we have to establish the ground game clearly and continue to do that moving forward. Um, if we're going to look at their their offense. Yeah, tell me about their quarterback. Kaliak Manis. Kaliak? Yeah, it's a crazy name. Uh, <laughs> I think he's got a brother on the team or something. There's two Kaliak Manises. And, uh, yep. So it's a hyphenated name? No. There's it's one long name. I don't know the origin. That's their last name is Kaliak Manis. K-A-L-I-K. A-K-M-A-N-I-S. Understood. I thought you were saying his first name was Kaliak and his last name was Manis. No, his last name is Kaliak Manis. Understood. Sorry. Continue. Um, anyway, <laughs> so uh, he's kind of a more athletic guy than we're used to seeing. Uh, Tanner Morgan was under center there for a long time. Kaliak Manis kind of took over a little bit last year. Um, he's He can run a little bit. He's a little bit more athletic, but he's also... Uh, we can be opportunistic when he throws. Michigan had two pick sixes. Um, and I mean, they're just late balls to the flat, you know, something like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if we find ourselves on the receiving end of a couple of those. Um, that's how we won last year, forcing late, late turnovers. They're going to do what's called an RPO. Run pass option. Good. It's so easy, Matt. <laughs> so I like RPOs, but I like RPOs pre-snap. Like I want to know based on your alignment that when I snap the ball, I know what I'm doing. Mm. And that's a little bit different than the way that most colleges do RPOs, which when I was at Iowa, the RPOs we had were, again, based on alignment right now. This is why I'm going to do it. 
which you can kind of mess with that, right? Because if you start up in a certain alignment and then you switch right as the ball snapped, you can get caught in bad situations. So I can understand people that aren't quite as on board with it. Their RPO is post snap. So essentially it's, he's like looking at one guy. So for instance, let's say it can be a run pass option. He's going to run a quick slam with the receiver, or he's going to hand it off into a run play with the running back. So the quarterback is going to look basically at our outside linebacker and he's going to, he's going to, they call it um, ride the running back, but essentially he's just going to hold the ball in the running back's chest. The running back's going to slow down. And the way that they coach it is kind of interesting. Uh, at least most uh, that I've heard is that like the running back has 80% of the ball. So that way, if he does give it, he can keep it, but he can't take it all the way because a quarterback might still pull it out to throw it, hmm. but he can't fumble it. It's a, it's an interesting like nuance of knowing, okay, and now I know it's mine versus he might take it from me. That sounds so hard. Yeah, I don't like it. That's, that's why I like <laughs> pre-snap stuff. It's like, okay, I know I'm getting the ball and then mm-hmm. I can go. But anyway, essentially during that, while he's quote riding the running back or, you know, seeing if he's going to hand it off, he's looking at our, our, at our outside linebacker. If he flies down to the run, he's going to pull it out of the running back's belly and then throw the quick slant behind where the running back, where, where the linebacker was. If he's going to hand it off and the linebacker stays in the window for the slant, then he hands it off. Now, there's a couple of good things and bad things there, right? Because he's looking at this post-snap. It means the running back's going to get the ball a little bit slower because they're reading something. And that might give our defensive line and our linebackers an opportunity to react. But what it also does is if he pulls it, so the linemen don't know what's happening. So he could pull it and have a lineman three or four yards downfield and then throw the ball. That's an ineligible man downfield. In college, I believe you get three yards so if your offensive lineman is three yards downfield, you can still throw it and be okay. I want to say pro is less than that. I think it's two. But like your lineman, if they think it's a run, which they have to act like it's a run, they can't just assume it's a pass and then not block somebody, right? Then um, then you get into a bad situation. You know, they're downfield. Now you get an eligible man downfield. But usually it's quick hitting like it's a hitch. It's a quick slant. It's a quick crosser. Things like that. So they're going to do a lot of that. So they're going to be keying on Kyler Fisher, keying on Sebastian Castro, probably a little bit, maybe even some Jay Higgins, Nick Jackson. It's going to be up to our front four are really going to have to do their job of manhandling their offensive line. So that way they can't do that RPO game. Okay. How did you know that? Know what? How do you know that that, like, I'm just like, when you are watching like highlights, how do you know that that's what they're doing? Oh, I've seen it before. <laughs> okay. What she's referring to is I don't have to watch like the full game to know what they're doing. No, I just don't understand how you know that they're doing the like, oh, he holds it in his belly and then decides when to throw it. Like, how do you know that? I just know the game. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know what to tell you. It's not like I had to study RPOs, <laughs> but like I, I can tell like if you really slow down the game, like you'll be able to watch those, those of you that are watching or listening right now, watch their quarterback. Not every time, because sometimes it is a called run. Sometimes it's a called play action, but like you can see him intently looking at one guy and that's his read the same thing on the read option. So like there'll be times where, um, and they might do it a little bit where they won't block our defensive end because that's who the quarterback is reading. So the quarterback will take the snap, turn and face the defensive end. And then, almost hand it off. And if the defensive end collapses and goes with the running back, then the quarterback will pull it and try and outrun our defensive end. Hmm. That's just called a read option because he's reading him post, but he's literally just going to be staring right at him like this. 
<laughs> you'll have you'll i'm telling you you have to watch the game but they will okay. run at a time or two see when you spit knowledge like that it's like so cute <laughs> okay all right anything else you want to say about minnesota no i'm just excited to hopefully keep the streak going get deacon mm -hmm. hill get him uh and his water polo uh days kind of his heyday get him back in the comfort zone slinging it a little bit mm -hmm. it's nice that he can launch it I'm just excited to hopefully have one of our guys on the bottom end of it, catching it. Okay. Um, here's a little stat for you. Luke Fickle, PJ Fleck, Matt Campbell, and Scott Frass have combined for one win against Kirk Ferentz. Well, Luke Fickle is brand new, so you can throw- Doesn't matter. So, I mean, he's 0 for 1. But uh, what you're also going to add to that list is Matt Rule. Really? He's the, he's the new head coach of Nebraska for this year, and we have yet to play them. They did this stat since KF took over. I think it was since 2000. Two teams have had three head coach. We've had one head coach. Two teams have had three. This is just on the West. Four teams had six and two teams had eight, I think is what it was. Dang. They had it on the stat for the game. But wow. it's like consistency. It mm -hmm. goes back to the fan base, the angry fans. I know not everybody's angry, but like it's, it's interesting how like quickly it can get angry when it's this kind of consistency. Yeah. Not to argue it. that we can't improve. We can always improve. But I'd rather improve while we win than improve while we lose. Understood. Um, let's see. Saturday, 54. Sunny. Well, partly cloudy. I mean, it's, it's Sunday now. It's what do change. I dress? How do I dress for that? I'm not. I don't know anything about fashion. However, <laughs> I have these shoes on. He does have the. Everyone saw um, Cooper and Jay had them on too. Higgins. They came on the show. Recovery shoes. They're Bottom. called canes for those of us that are listening. We're not sponsored by them. Could be. Could um, be. No, but got them for you. Just a little inspo, fashion inspo from from Jay and Coop. I think my feet sweat too much for these. You're not <laughs> supposed to wear socks with them. Okay. Well, anyway. They won't be sweating on Saturday when it's 54 degrees. Very good. Um, yes. Kind of back for you. Yeah, I appreciate that little segue. But 54 partly sunny and it's going to be a 2:30 kick which means the sun's going to go down so it's going to get a little get a little bit chilly it's also on peacock Ugh. <laughs> i was about to do it too <laughs> but i don't think anybody has had as many issues as you i don't did. think so people were in the comments saying it's just your internet which mm -hmm. that's that's true well i am excited for the game i love a 2:30 kick because i like that it turns into a night game this time of year it's fun and I'm excited to see Deacon get back out there, like you said, get back in Kinnick Stadium once again, and hopefully come home with, well, keep another trophy in Iowa City. Keep the bacon. Keep the bacon. Because it's bringing home the bacon, but we don't need to bring him home because he's already here. So we're going to keep him. Let's do that. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you guys for watching. Thank you for listening. Um, this has been a really fun episode. Loved getting to know Deacon just a little bit better and hope you guys did too. As always, please leave some comments in the comment section. We do read them. We do read them. So keep them nice. <laughs> um, and like, subscribe, uh, listen to it on Apple Podcasts. If you do that, leave a five-star review. We'd appreciate actually it. actually type out a review. We like, we like to hear that or like to see that kind of stuff too. Yeah. And then Spotify, I think there's a way you can leave reviews and that kind of stuff too. So anyway, appreciate you guys listening. Um, and as always, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.